Hey, Woody, I know you call me dad on the show because I'm the older, more responsible guy. When, but when we're left at the controls here, doesn't it kind of feel like we've snuck out with dad's car while he's away? I mean, the guy who really anchors this show and keeps us in check is the real dad, no? Welcome to the In Goal Radio Podcast, episode 221, presented by the Hockey Shop Source for Sports Langley and thehockeyshop.com. I'm David Hutchison here once again, keeping Darren Millard's seat warm, along with the guy we all love to listen to, as he talks about the greatest position in the game with his almost endless insights, pun intended. It's the one and only Kevin Woodley. How you doing today, Woody? I feel like this is another show where I'm just going to try and keep it brief to, you know, disrupt my reputation as a guy who never stops talking. Where are we on the uh, who's the real dad of the uh, In Goal Radio podcast now? Well, I think... You know, um, your point was well constructed at the beginning. And despite the fact that I know Darren would disagree and still continue to call you the the father, and you are the father of Ingol, the creator of Ingol magazine. Co-creator. Um, Co-creator. You know, he's not here, so we're going to have to call Darren the old man today. He's go. the dad. Darren's daddy. Okay, listen. Uh, draft- <laughs> oh, I didn't say daddy. I said dad. <laughs> okay, the draft's behind us. Development camps are over, and uh, we're going to hear today from one goaltender who was at camp in Philadelphia. Can we really say that it's summer now, Woody? Um, fair golf question. Today, right? Yeah, not today, but this week. Right, surfing next week. So I guess summer is here. There you summer go. Summer is here, but but doesn't mean the work stops for us at In Goal oh, Magazine. As a matter time. of fact, it's picking up. Um, because yeah. Development camps are over, and I got to say, our feature guest, Carson Bjarnason of the Philadelphia Flyers now, has some great stories about development camp that we'll get to in the feature interview. We will. But there's not a lot of sort of wiggle room from dev camp to guys starting to pick up their training. I mean, it's mid-July. Even the guys that like to get away from the rink and don't skate. Remember, we used to have this conversation with Carey Price, and he was adamant. Like, the gear went into a back corner of the garage. And there are other guys who believe that, that they need to remove themselves from it so that when they get back on the ice, there's that passion. They want to be there. Even those guys are going to be back on the ice August 1st, which is only a couple of weeks away. We've got camps coming that'll put us on the ice with NHL goaltenders and all kinds of plans to bring you more instruction at that level, from that level, on the ice, in the room with these guys over the coming, you know, I guess six weeks between now and 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 these NHL guys starting to get back, you know, for training camp, get back into their captain skates in their in their NHL cities. So it's a uh, as much as it feels like the off season is finally here as dev camps wind down, it's also sort of just the start of fun time for us. Best time of the year. It's an awesome time of the year. That feature interview is going to be presented by Sensorina Virtual Reality. And of course, the gear segment is over at the Hockey Shop Source for Sports Langley, isn't it, Woody? It is, but Cam was not. So we've got a surprise coming up for you in the gear segment. I think that Cam is MIA this week because he's so damn busy getting all the new equipment that is arriving seemingly daily on the shelf listed online with the team over at the hockey shop and the hockey shop.com. It may, we talk about the off season finally being here. It's kind of like Christmas as well. Used to be that all the new gear hit the stores in April, right? When we started this business, like that was your launch period. The reality 
um, whether it's supply chain or just sort of shifting timelines coming out of the pandemic, is this stuff isn't always there in April. And we see stuff launch, gear, new gear launch throughout the summer. Um, sometimes, yeah, yeah, pads and gloves still typically early, but even that's been pushed back into May. Uh, now you're starting to see brands bring out new lines. Uh, True's got a second price point that's just hitting the stores. CCM Flex 6 chest protector, which we are going to talk about uh, in the gear segment today. Their new skates, Flex 6 skates, just hitting the stores. We've got more stuff from CCM coming later this summer. We've got brands, the new Bauer, second price point connect, so much new gear. And the best place to go and find it, get fit for it, make sure it fits your game, is the hockey shop, Source for Sports in Langley. Cam and his team, these are he's built a team of goaltenders, not just salespeople, that actually understand the position, play the position, and will help you get the gear that will ensure you play it better. There's no better place to go to get the gear that works for you, get the latest, or if you're looking to save some money, the latest means the past stuff goes on sale. There's a lot of those sales on right now at thehockeyshop.com, so make sure you check them out. Uh, we'll continue to bring you videos of all the newest gear as we move forward this summer, but a lot of it's already on the shelves. We can't keep up. Cam can't keep up. He needed the week off to get everything restocked. Make sure you go check out what those new stocks look like at thehockeyshop.com, or if you're like us and blessed to live in, you know, we call it Goalie Utopia uh, when you visit there in person. We kind of live in Shangri-La here in Vancouver. If you happen to be one of the lucky left coasters, make sure you go check it out in person. Uh, tell them that Woody sent you, and then make sure you take a couple gloves off the wall, open and close them, and leave them for <laughs> Cam to put back. Beautiful. Uh, it's uh, it's sort of Christmas in July, isn't it? We're only about nine days out of it being six months to Christmas. So busy time of year at the hockey shop. Great time of year for us to catch up with all these goaltenders. Some people are taking a vacation right now. A lot of people in the hockey world are working really hard. Speaking of hard work, we've been working really hard over at ingolmag.com and we've got a big week planned there, don't we? Yeah, no, you know what? Um, I think you've been working hard. I've been yeah, hardly working. Takes two. I've been digging into the pro reads with guys. It, it has been a great time of year. Um, the relationships that we built in the industry have allowed us to have video conversations and do video film work with a lot of big names over the last couple of weeks. And we have so many pro reads that it felt like we needed to just have a pro reads week at Ingolmag and Ingolmag.com. And Hutch, you put in some work. Well, let me tease some names before we get to the new look of the section, which is all you digging in. I'll tell you about that. Yeah, sure. But let me tell you about the guests. Okay. Connor Hellebuck, which, of course, we had the first one up already. So good. Com Eric Comrie told us a couple of years ago, you got to get Helly on pro reads. You won't believe how well he sort of reads and anticipates the game. And true to form, he was brilliant. Phoenix Copley, last week's guest on the podcast, also sat in on a video session. We did a full half hour of video. Some great insights from Phoenix that we haven't had a chance to roll out. We'll do that next week or this week. Joel Hofer, you had a chance to sit down with Joel Hofer, who's Probably going to be with the St. Louis Blues last year. Made his NHL debut this season with the Blues. Um, former world gold medal, world junior championship gold medal winner with Canada. Guy who's been a friend of the podcast. We had him on recently. He did a pro reads with you. 
Matt Murray of the Toronto Maple Leafs, an entire hour of video with me this week. So and good. I'm telling you, like, you've had a chance to look at it, Hutch. Like, these, I almost, this is a tough one because it's Pro Reads Week. And I almost feel like some of Matt's Pro Reads need to be rebranded as something else because they're like, Pro drills, pro tips, and pro reads all rolled into one. Pro like, reads extreme. It is. Like the the lesson he gives, it is not just a specific screen in our first example that we're going to roll out this week, where it's like, hey, this is how I played this screen. He walks goalies through how to manage screens in general in, a, in the type of depth and detail that will, I guarantee, make you better as a goaltender managing screens. So, so much exciting things coming at pro reads we've decided to have an extravaganza and like i said if we're gonna roll out new pro reads all week like one a day for the entire week we might as well roll out a new format and an exciting new way to watch them and that's where you came in grinding behind the scenes to make sure that it looks new and it functions better having a whole lot of fun this week our feature interview coming up in a little while with carson bjarnison actually has a really cool tip for reading the game in it too. I think an unexpected one. So we'll tell people to listen for that. Before we get there though, um, yeah, we have done a bit of a retooling on the site. One of the problems of having so many pro reads is we were presenting them just sort of in a stream. You had to go back over time to find ones that you wanted to check out at. And I knew that some people wanted to either look at specific goaltenders or get a chance to binge maybe on some specific goaltenders. So we made a bit of a change. If you now go through the pro reads menu on the website you'll be taken to an index page that lists every goaltender who's done a pro read with us we're up to 30 now actually i think probably 31 with matt murray um you can click on the individual goaltenders we're, we're not there yet we're about halfway there but you can click on about half the goaltenders now go to a page for them and it lists every one of their pro reads there and it's got a nice little player so if you feel like just watching the pro read video you don't want to read all the text that goes with it, predict the play yourself and so on. You can actually scan through every one of that player's pro reads all in one quick setting. So just a nice way to make it easier for you to see everything. At some point, we'll probably go deeper and categorize things by types of play and that kind of stuff. But I think this is just a really cool way for you to see your favorite goaltender all at once, binge a little bit, also find the older content, which is right now pretty hard to find at least in the old format because you would have had to just go back page by page oh i want to find carrie price let's go back through three years of pro reads to find them soon you'll be able to just click on carrie's name and go check check it out but we've got a dozen 15 of them already indexed yeah nice nice and i will say you can always go to the search function and search carrie price and all the pro reads will come up but as you said hutch we have so much content up at ingoalmag.com like literally 180 pro reads 180 videos of NHL goalies reviewing footage with us and walking us and you as a goaltender through their process, their thought process, their decision-making process. Why did I choose this depth? Why did I choose this save selection? Why and when do I enter into this post integration? It's all there. There is so much learning to be shared there. And just as so I'm going to walk everyone through this. So for example, Thatcher Demko has been brilliant in his pro reads. A new addition this season, I think we've got seven up. So you go to the pro reads page, you click on Thatcher Demko's name. You're going to see at the top a video player and thumbnails underneath. Those videos that you can click on and watch as an Ingle member and the thumbnails you can scroll through to get through all of them are just simply Thatcher 
walking through the couple minutes each time, walking through each play, guiding us through it. It's the pro read video you would normally get at the end of each article we write to go with the video. If you still want to go back and do the, you know, read through and then see the pro read at the end of the article. And I'm going to be honest here. I know some people just want to watch the video. But there's a reason we write the articles the way we do. There's a reason we present a screenshot, a freeze frame, and say, hey, what are you looking for here? And then we show you the save. What are you looking for here? And then we tell you what the NHL goalie is looking for. We're trying to educate. We're trying to make it an educational process. Hutch is in education. It was his. He was the one who laid out the first one to get goalies thinking about it. And I know, listen, I love that you have made it easy for people to just go watch all the videos. I can go binge watch every Thatcher Demko Pro Read, just him reviewing video, his voice over top of the video, walking you through what he sees. It's, it's gold. It's frankly gold. We've had NHL goalie coaches tell us it's, it's like the best thing out there to learn to read the game for goalies of every level. But Carson Bjarnason, our guest this week, has sort of, you'll hear it in the interview, made me realize the value of those full articles. As much as some as you don't want to watch them and you just want to show me the video. It's the option. Every time you log in, it says, just show me the video. I just want to watch Thatcher Demko, for example, walking through it. I don't want to read Kevin's preamble. And I get it. I wouldn't want to read me either. But you'll hear it in the future interview today. The Philadelphia Flyers at development camp started with video sessions that I got to tell you, sound a hell of a lot like pro read. Asking the goalies to watch video and anticipate what's going to happen next and what they should be mindful of, which is how Pro Reads has always been set up. So I love that we've added the new section. I think it's going to make it easy for goalies to find their favorite guy and just watch video. But remember, you can also find your favorite guy and go through each Pro Read, have the article laid out, and then watch the video at the end. It's designed to be a little educational. It's designed to make you think and interact with it. And after listening to Carson talk about what they did at Flyers Dev Camp, I sort of have doubled down on the value of that process. I was thinking of him as well as you were describing that. And just so everybody knows, that was not the reading the game tip I was mentioning in the interview. So you listen for that extra tip, but definitely the Flyers version of Pro Reads. Uh, so cool. I, you mentioned I was a teacher. I really believe you need to engage in your learning so that it gets fully sort of integrated into you. And that's why we laid out pro reads the way they are. My biggest downfall as a teacher, though, is I assume everybody in class is completely bored and I speed through the material. So that's why we created the thing at the top as well. So maybe you'll engage with one of those pro reads and then look at the thumbnail and go down below and then decide you're going to dive a little deeper into the article too. Maybe you're just a little bit younger and you want to just enjoy it a little bit and absorb it. That's cool too. Like there's a, the whole idea is to make you be able to do what you want, but head over and to an As an educator, like everybody learns differently, right? Like some people just watch a video and they absorb it. Some people need to read it to really think about it. That's why we ask you questions. What do you see here? Mm-hmm. What do you think the goalie in this particular situation is looking for on this rush chance, for example? So I love it. Best of both worlds now available, as you were about to say, Hutch, at ingolmag.com, premium subscriptions only. Honest to God, folks, $50 Canadian a year. Canadian? like two cups of coffee in the states the way the dollar's going (laughs) um and you can watch 180 videos 180 videos with nhl goalies helping you become better not to mention the hundreds of videos on tips drills equipment mindset 
The new one we have up this week, we'll get to in a minute with James Wenland to help you open up and widen your butterfly and open up your hips. Like there's just so much there. I, I'm sorry. I had to go into a spiel, Hutch. I went into sales mode. My bad. No, no. Well, I was actually probably going to help you there, but 180 videos, you got a whole year to come if you join up today. So you're probably looking at about 230 or 40 pro reads by the time that year expires. But what I was going to say is if you haven't taken the jump yet, if you go to that pro reads page at ingolmag.com, you'll be able to see three that we've unlocked right at the top. You won't see them if you're already a subscriber, but if you're if you're not yet, you'll see three that you we have unlocked for everybody and you can see the full article, see the full video, get a real idea what they're all about. Then I hope you'll go hit that subscribe button. Best deal in goaltending. Now, you talked about Carson and development camp for the Philadelphia Flyers. You've been to a bunch of development camps, Woody, or dev camps as the cool kids call them. Can you give us a little insight what dev camps are all about? I think they've evolved, frankly, over the years. I've been covering the NHL for 20 years uh, now as as a reporter um, and paying close attention to the goalies. And I've seen trends like Carson talks in the interview about going in right away. Like he brought his gear to Nashville, as you'll hear him talk about. So because he knew there was a possibility, didn't know which team was drafting him, but he knew depending on the team, there was a possibility he'd be going immediately into a development camp or like you said, dev camp. Um, here in Vancouver, dev camp started the day after the draft. Now, that's not because they knew they weren't going to pick a goaltender and the Canucks didn't in this draft. Uh, but it's not just for the guys like Carson who have just been picked. It's also for prospects who are in the pool, um, who are already sort of with the team, maybe guys who were drafted in years past. And as you mentioned, it's a chance for them to look at undrafted prospects. They might want to consider signing to a contract or just get a feel for them. So they invite undrafted players into these as well. So in Vancouver, um, the development camp for the players doesn't start for a couple days. The goalies have their own dev camp. Two straight days of ice where it's in Clark. Marco Terranius was Curtis Sanford formerly, now Marco Terranius, the development coach, working with these guys. And it's basically just like a complete deep dive on how they play goal here, how they teach goal here, what they expect from them. Uh, on and off the ice, but sort of systems. I don't know if that people think of systems as as the players in front of the goalies, but goalie systems, how they execute here, um, the multi-stance system, a lot of things you've heard every time we've had Ian Clark. And by the way, 45-minute video up at ingolmag.com for anybody who wants to watch Ian Clark answer you know, questions about the position and go into sort of the seven keys of elite goaltending. We've got that online as well. Uh, he basically walks them through all of it, right? Like sort of prep them for dev camp. So by the time they get into drills with the rest of the players who show up a few days later and into that scrimmage that most development camps end with, you should be seeing them bring some of the tools they've added into drill and game situations, right? So rather than sort of just having 25 minutes of ice before the rest of the players go on, they've got two full days. So to learn things like the multi-stance system, reverse tracking, uh, or double seal, as other people would call it, reverse tracking, as Ian calls it, tracking down, coming down the wing in those short shuffles into the post, like a lot of those movements. And so by the time you're into the players arriving and, and on the ice with them, you start to see it. It's pretty cool to see how fast some of these kids integrate. I remember Ty Young last year, right out of the draft, comes into Vancouver. It was amazing for me to see what I knew were new things for him to learn. By the time they hit the scrimmage, he was executing them at a pretty high level. And that's 
that's impressive in terms of learning a new skill. And so maybe that's something they're looking for, the ability to learn that new skill. Chances are they've already looked for it before they picked you um, and they see some of it. But so we've seen a lot of that. And to be honest, I'm fascinated. I don't want to give it all away, but like some of the stuff that Carson did in Philadelphia with Kim Dillabaugh, the goaltending coach for the Flyers, and Brady Robinson, the, the development goaltending coach for the Flyers, I hadn't heard of. Like there were new things there. So I'm still learning. I've been obviously focused on Vancouver. That's the one I cover for NHL.com. So that's the one I've been at for 20 years. And actually, I say 20 years. I don't even think we had development camp when I first started this. I'm pretty sure we didn't. This is a relatively new phenomenon. And it just it gives these kids a chance to learn new things. The rest of the summer to integrate them so they can, hey, I've learned a new skill. Now I'm going to go back home and work on it. Even if I'm not turning pro, even if I'm going back to my junior team, this is how my NHL squad wants me to handle these situations. This is how they want me to move. Um, if there's any differences, I've now got a few months to sort of work through them. Chances are they've been introduced to new training techniques, um, new concepts as we hear from Carson in terms of you know just even managing how he looks and looks off the puck. A uh, lot of different skills that get thrown at these guys, and it's a chance to do it early in the summer so they can work the rest of the way to integrate it. A big part of that is going to be the NHL team being in contact with their prospect goaltenders, uh, coaches at home, or their coaches with their junior or college team, just to make sure that everybody's on the same page. And I know the pro teams check in throughout the season with their players as well. So lots of integration between those different systems so that they can learn to develop those new skills. I was thinking, though, as you were talking, hands up everybody listening right now that heard Kevin throw out reverse tracking and then calmly say, well, for everybody else, that's the double seal. Hands up if you didn't know what either of those were. It's okay. The only stupid question is the one you didn't ask. I'm just doing this for everybody else. Darren has pitched that we run the in-goal dictionary. I've been making notes so that we can start doing it. So let's just, for, for everybody who hasn't heard this one, that's the move where you'll see some very fortunate goaltenders who have both the size and flexibility to pull it off with one foot on each post as the play is behind the net so that they can sort of hedge their bets, have something on both sides, a way of dealing with things. So that's reverse tracking in Canucks parlance, on, on double seal and many most, others. Yeah, sorry. The, it's yeah. like the insanely wide butterfly with one foot on each post. It's uh, in fact, head over to our Instagram. You can see a picture of a goaltender in that exact position with the new in-goal CCM Eflex 6 all-out graphics. Nice little sweet, photo up there. Sweet graphics, by the way. Sweet yeah, graphics, and, uh, love them. They did look a lot better uh, on that goaltender than they did on me because I cannot get into a reverse track like he did. And He's young. It's, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, Lane. We'll get into the dictionary and the, the glossary of terms, but... You know, you, you talk about sort of hedging your bets. It's not just about being able to go to either side because you've got an anchor foot on both posts, but it's about giving you center net coverage. Yes. You're in the, you're in the middle of the net as opposed to being on one side or the other, um, and you've got access to your hands as well, and you can look over both shoulders, and there's a lot of different things. As a matter of fact, we really need to get Ian Clark on here because I think his goal is executed at a really high level. Mm -hmm. um, very demanding physical position, which brings us to another new article at ingolmag.com. But... You know, we need a full breakdown of that and we're, we're working on it. Let's get her done. Hey, I was, um, I was thinking about you, you mentioning them looking at how quickly, uh, these guys are picking up the skills and impressive to think that somebody would do it in a couple of days. 
I was thinking one of the reasons as well, Woody, might be that as you're looking at at prospects, probably more before the draft, um, one of the things they're trying to evaluate is what's a guy's ceiling. And by that, I mean, it's nice to see how good he is today, but you're really drafting, hoping that you're wondering what he can develop into a few years down the road. Um, very difficult to project what somebody's ceiling is going to be like. But I, I would think that learning aspect in camp would be a piece of that because if somebody can pick something up in a couple of days, he's probably got a higher ceiling. You can probably work with him better to take him where you want him to go as opposed to somebody who maybe really struggles to pick up the new things you're teaching. You, you kind of wonder where he might be a few years down the road, no? Well, because and this goes back to goalie IQ, right? Like, and at the mm-hmm. end of the day, everybody learns at different rates. And but the ability to sort of quickly recognize patterns in terms of reading the play is tied into the ability to quickly recognize. Like, there's a physical element of being able to execute a new technique, but there's also a thought process element. And so, you know, we've heard goalie coaches in the NHL and 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 guys that specialize in goalie scouting talk about this before. Like, goalie IQ matters. Uh, it's one of the essential skills you have to have. Uh, I would argue increasingly so as the game becomes so dynamic, like the ability to read it can be a real separating skill. And so the ability to sort of pick up on new concepts and think your way through things and how and if, which is a fair question at times, they would apply to your game. That's all part of it. Yeah, I've been uh, chatting with a young man who used to live with us, our old billet, Cooper Black, played for the Nanaimo Clippers here. And is now at Dartmouth. And last season, he was at um, Calgary. He's an under, undersized goalie, isn't he? He is not? undersized. Yeah, he is almost six foot nine. Everybody measures him at six eight. I put him up against the door frame here at home, and I can tell you it's a good three quarters of an inch taller than the six eight as well. Um, he's He was at one camp last <laughs> Does year. Does that fit under a door frame? No, no. It was on the outside of the door frame, and I was on a chair. So just to be clear, um, incredible young man. R- really love this kid. Really proud of him. And uh, he was at two dev camps this year, Colorado's and Florida's. And if you would like to see what a six foot eight, nine goaltender looks like, you can head over to Florida's Twitter feed because there's a lot of stuff on there. He wasn't drafted. Woody, how often do we see an undrafted goalie at a camp? And and what are teams looking for when they bring somebody in that they haven't drafted? Is it like the late developing diamond in the rough or some of them just fodder for the shooters? What's what's the plan? Well, here? You see under, I was going to say the first answer is you see undrafted goal. Like, I don't know that I've seen a development camp roster that doesn't yeah. have at least one and usually two, sometimes three. Because we're talking typically about six goalies or so at one of these camps, right? Minimum Ish. four, right? Yeah. Minimum four. Uh, and usually five in case one of them doesn't make it through or picks up an injury along the way. Because you need... You know, I mean, you don't want to run them by the time you get you're talking multiple sessions a day. Usually a lot of teams divide it defensemen forwards or they split them into two groups. So you you can't have a goalie going through all all the sessions. You need to sort of have four minimum. So, yeah, you see a lot of undrafted guys. And and the truth is, Hutch, the, the reality is that some of them, some of them are fodder. Some of them are cannon fodder. Some of them are targets. Shooter tutors would be too unkind a term because they can all play. It amazes me how many times. Uh, I watch a development camp and 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 I find myself more impressed because usually they're older. Quite often they're they've been through university or sometimes CIS. I find myself more impressed with the kid who's there on an invite than some of the high rank prospects who haven't had a chance to sort of get comfortable with some of the new techniques. But sometimes you see these kids come back for two or three, and it 
as much as they can be targets at these camps, it is an opportunity to impress coaches, not just at the NHL level, but hey, like, like you got to fill out rosters at every level. Most of these teams have affiliates right down to the ECHL and there are jobs to be had. And so it's a chance to make an impression. It's a chance to learn from some of the best coaches in the world and develop your game. And sometimes you get invited back a couple of years. And then when you graduate university, you've built a relationship. If you're lucky enough to be somebody that's coveted by multiple teams, you've got a bidding war. At least you know which, if you've been to one of the development camps, you're comfortable with the staff. You know what the goalie coaches expect. You know what the head coaches expect. You know what the trainers expect. And that can be, that can help build a bridge. If you're not being chased by multiple teams, maybe it opens the door to play, you know, to start at an ECHL affiliate and hopefully work your way up. So there's, you know, Calling them targets is is probably unfair, even if within the development camp environment, they are at times there to just make sure we got enough goalies. Um, the good ones approach it as much more than that. You can get a lot out of it, whether it's becoming a better goaltender or getting an opportunity with the team. You know, again, it might not be an NHL contract. Chances are it's not. Um, but an AHL contract with a two-way option down to the coast to start your start your pro career. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities there. And sometimes, you know, for teams, they're looking at kids that, you know, hey, we want to see him in this environment. See how quickly he picks up new things. Uh, see what he looks like against, you know, the best of the best that are a little younger than him. Like, does it translate when we've got a bunch of free-willing, high-skilled, high high-picks out there? Um, maybe he's got a really technically sound game, but does he have another level when things are a little more scrambly, but the skill level is definitely high-end from a shooter perspective? So. It's, um, you know, there's a lot of different sort of needs being met by those invitations. And I got to say, impressive that Cooper made it through too. Like that's, they're, they're a bit of a, they can be a bit of a, a bit of a grind, not just because of the physical work. There's team building activities. You are on 24 seven for the week. Yeah, it's tough. I've been speaking to a few different kids who uh, were at dev camps in the last little while and they were commenting they just couldn't believe some of the guys that would actually choose to go to two because of how exhausting it is and as you mentioned mentally you're on all the time so that that's tough not just the physical aspect to it but we see that isn't it the canucks that typically run the prospects up the gross grind which is a local incredible or what is it almost an hour up or something like that maybe basically half an run hour up the fittest guys you, you, you basically the run up the side of a side yeah. of a mountain they do it on the final day it's sort of a there's a teamwork component too i think sure. i believe they're in groups and you know no man left behind kind of thing so you're pulling each other up the mountain so to speak literally and figuratively uh if i was a part of it you would you would probably be you know dragging me up the mountain possibly on the side of a you know on a stretcher um it's a hell of a, they call it the grind for a reason they it's kind of famous in these parts and yeah there's there's a lot of different elements of a camp like that yeah for sure uh vancouver giants do the grouse grind and they have to carry a medicine ball up with them and that's part of the part of the teamwork bit they have to share it amongst a group of guys to get it to the top i l- i like that yeah. i like that it's kind of cool hey, for the, for the record this is an aside out of the goalie world yeah the gross grind is a, is they they recently had a contest or like a day I where i saw how many times can you do the grind? And like for most people, like you go up the grind, you're done. Like you're done. Even if you pace yourself, you're done. But this is like, this is like sort of like the Iron Man gross grind. How many times can you get up in a day? Daniel Sedin did it 11 times. Nearly an hour each one of those. And I think it was 50 minutes each one. So think about that. Man, the twins. You talk about, okay, we'll go to dev camp. 
Did not see them because there weren't dev camps back then, but I was at their first training camp in Stockholm, Sweden, Henrik and Daniel Sedin. Mm-hmm. At their first training camps here in Vancouver when they finally did come over. And you talk about, if you had seen them at that point of their professional careers, not in a million years would you have picked Daniel Sedin going up the grouse grind 11 times in a day. This is part of learning. And, and kids these days, they've already... I mean, they're more ready for pro hockey physically than they were, you know, that's 23 years ago now. But that's part of what DevCamp is about, showing you what it takes. Maybe it's training differently. Um, maybe it's eating differently. There's most of them have a night where they go and they cook as a group. They have little, whether it's competitions or just team building, where they go to like a, it'll be a restaurant or like a chef school kind of thing, and they will all prepare meals. That's part of it, too, because a lot of these kids, they've never lived on their own. No, oh, didn't we Carter Hart tell Car- us that when, when we Carter had Carter Hart story, right? Yeah. Like, in junior, you've got a billet that takes care of these things. Now, all of a sudden, you're a pro. you got to feed yourself, mm-hmm. right? Especially in the American Hockey League level, right? Like, you've got to feed yourself. And so, Dev Camp teaches you those skills. Well, it's why, hey, like, we can all survive and feed ourselves. But are we doing it in a way that's going to allow us to thrive and mature as athletes? So, you know, the proper fuel um when my wife leaves town and leaves me to my own devices i feed myself but not nutritiously like when she's around (laughs) right like this is just the reality so um yeah there's a lot of different components to a development camp in terms of the skills they are trying to teach these young men so that they can rise through the organization and be a part of the future of these nhl teams a great time of year a lot of kids looking towards their future uh, one of those is Carson Bjarnason, who will be with us in the Sense Arena feature interview. Before that, though, Woody, we're going to head over to the hockey shop. Just as a reminder to everybody, our gear segments are typically um, over on our YouTube channel, and we would love you to go over there and check them out. Give them a thumbs up, hit subscribe, leave a comment. But this week, we're going to break that rule, and this one is audio only. I guess it had to happen eventually. Tell me, Woody. Did you head over to the hockey shop to film this one and Cam was just so sick and tired of you taking the gloves off the shelf and leaving them lying around that he locked the door and you couldn't get in? Possible that that may have played a role in no Cam this week. Uh, possible that I, you know, I've been pumping his ego up so big that, that, you know, his head didn't fit through the door. So he needed a week off hockey shop to deflate it. Also possible that he's just so damn busy putting new stock on the shelves at the hockey shop that he didn't have time to deal with me coming in and pulling it off. Either way, we came up with a, I was going to call it a compromise, but it's not. Again, we need to just deflate Cam's head here a little bit. This is a hell of, this is a hell of a backup. As a matter of fact, you know. It's the 1A, 1B situation, isn't it? Yeah, but I think Kaylee might be the 1A and Cam's going to have to start wearing, I'm going to bring him a backup towel when we film this week (laughs) because, you know, he may have been relegated. We caught up with Kaylee Dankevy, who is the product manager of goaltending for CCM and had a great chat about some of their new lines. We'll still bring you the videos when we catch up with Cam, but we just wanted to catch up with Kaylee on sort of, we got to, we get to work with Kaylee and meet her and sort of know what it's all about. We wanted to bring you some insights into all the work that goes into developing these product lines and may surprise you to know just how far out they're working in advance. We've got, we're, we're little calling an audible. Cam is MIA. I don't know how anybody with a head that big could actually go missing. 
but he's MIA this week. So we we dialed up one of our favorites, Kaylee Dankevy, the product manager of goaltending for CCM goalie, uh, to fill in. So he, you're filling in his shoes, although I don't think I'd actually want anyone else to wear Cam's shoes. I figured we'd catch up with the Kaylee because it's perfect. Last time I saw you was at Tendy Fest with Cam, obviously hosting out here in Vancouver. And I guess first off, rather than dive right into product, what's the summer like? Because I've caught up, I've seen you, I know you've done some traveling. What's the summer like for a goalie product manager? Uh, what's the offseason look like? I know there really isn't actually one, but walk us through that. Well, first of all, if I'm filling in for Cam, I really should have thought ahead and brought my backup towel. You know, I have it available here and I just totally missed it, missed opportunity to be wearing it. So uh, my apologies to the Engle fans. Um, you know, backups were just not always on the ball as much as we should be. But um, exactly like you said, Kev, uh, we definitely have a, a pretty busy summer because not only are we doing our regular planning for upcoming product design, um, for reference, right now we are looking at products and getting sampling done for 2025, but we're also doing a lot of the research and initial tech packs for 2026. So uh, working through that with our design team, but then also trying to get around to as many of these big demo events as possible. Uh, you highlighted uh, Tendy Fest, which is obviously one of my favorites. Um, and then also stopping by at a few others uh, across North America to just make sure that there's excitement and knowledge um, and a chance for as many goalies as possible to try out our new gear. Okay, so like that's probably news to a lot of people. Not a shock to me because I've been through this process now. But behind the scenes, there's probably a lot of goalies that are like, well, hold on, did she just say 2025 and 2026? Like the product development line and what it takes to have everything in place to go, for example, most people are probably thinking, oh, she's working on 2024. Yeah, so I just, I didn't even realize, but I skipped 24, but 24, in fact, is at that stage where we're ready. Like, we're starting to show our pros. We have our pro customizer underway. I mean, I don't want to give away too much, but, um, you know, definitely well underway there. Um, and really excited for 24. But in the meantime, you know, our designers always have to be thinking ahead. So they're underway for 25. And uh, from the research standpoint, I mean, Kev, you've highlighted our partnerships with Dalhousie, among um, others, University of Ottawa, and then our internal uh, performance lab. They're doing the research studies for 26 right now. So we work closely on uh, guiding those procedures as well. And again, like, I know this, I know these things are baked out well in advance and planned out well in advance. But I think for a lot of people, that's news. And I think the exciting part, and and yeah, we, we're, we're biased because we've got to see it at work and see the team at work and go to the labs and visit visit these places and see that process. Um, but innovation seems to be at the forefront of a lot of what you're doing, like using that research to drive product as opposed to just not exclusives of of like not ignoring goalie feedback, but not just like a little tweak here and a little tweak there. You guys have been making some big changes over the last couple of generations of pads of glove. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's been our focus. Uh, I mean, as you know, obviously we're in communication frequently, but also our other goalie advisor partners that we have, our relationships with dealers. We're always trying to make sure that we're at the forefront of understanding the goalie's needs, seeing how we can push things further. And so for some of these concepts, that means doing a pretty big deep dive into how the goalie moves, how that product interaction is going to complement their movements. So like I talked about for 26, it's one thing for us to have a goal and a concept in mind, 
we need to validate that via testing. And then once those validations are completed, we have it to integrate into product. And, you know, as you know, as all goalies know, we need to make sure the product's durable, that it performs, that we can put it into multiple different price points potentially. Um, so there's a whole series of field testing or validation that needs to happen uh, before we can even get anywhere close to launching these products. So yeah, we're summer 2023, but it's crazy to say 26 is going to be here, you know, before we know it. So, um, yeah, and it's really cool. It's really neat to think about it that way um, and to work with these partners we have because everyone, I think, shares our uh, excitement about it as well. Well, as somebody who can struggle sometimes to just make plans for dinner that night, the idea of forecasting out three years seems a little crazy, but uh, I love that that's what it takes to make innovation and bring it to goalies and make sure it's going to work. Uh, we see, uh, we won't get too much into eFlex 6. We've talked a lot about it because we see that innovation right now. We're seeing it. We've got a couple sets of test pads here, a um, couple different sort of setups in terms of uh, some of the specs we chose, one with more flex, one a little stiffer. But the way that new knee stack is integrating and creating that seal, like that's one great example. We have We have one set that is soft rebound, one that is active rebound. Like we have both types, one max, one control. So getting to play with all the innovations you guys are leading there has been pretty cool. Couple of products. I'm gonna we're gonna sort of like beat Cam to it here a little bit. We're still gonna hit Cam up for the full video reviews on these, but two that are hitting stores that we haven't had a chance to uh, talk with him about yet. Right now, one's already in stores. Eflex six chest protector. We've actually got th- a couple here. I got three here at Ingle that we are rotating through a variety of testers. Feedback has been really strong on my end. Before I get to that, walk the audience through when they see that on the shelf, what differentiates it. The first thing we see when you pick it up off the rack that you won't see when it's hanging there, but when you grab it is the hard sort of shell on the back. Just a quick hit on what that's all about and what that's designed to do. Yeah. So that's our new uh, AirTech suspension system. So it's actually a great product to talk about right now. And, you know, Cam can give you the visuals. He can show it off. We'll put him in the, you know, shooting lane, fire pucks at him, whatever. But from a development standpoint, it's a perfect example of something that started a while ago, a few years ago. So one of the concepts that we've been looking at collectively at CCM is how thermoregulation, basically body temperature regulation, impacts not only hockey players in general, but also more specifically goalies as well. So that's where we actually have a partnership with the University of Ottawa, and they've been doing extensive studies on athletes in relation to this. And then we were able to take it a step further. And I guess on my side, on the goalie side, look at goalies. So doing a bunch of heat mapping, looking at specific products, and I'm sure goalies, I mean, there's a ton that you can relate to here. One, it is very clear that we are the hardest working athletes on the ice, but you already knew that. But second to that, the areas where the heat builds up The fastest and the most are the head and the chest and actually the back of the knee. So we will talk about masks at a later point, Kev. Stay tuned, in goal listeners. But specific to the chest and the body, you know, that heat buildup happens a lot. And you think about, you know, a chest protector and how big and how bulky it can be, obviously confined by a jersey as well. So we wanted to to make that the focus. So... In order to do so, there's two things that we looked at. So one is along the back where that buildup is really happening. How can we alleviate some of the pressure from the chest protector and essentially create more breathability channels? So this is where I implore you to check out the episode where there is a visual of this or go into your local hockey store and check it out. 
hockeyshop.com would have a great image, I'm sure. But basically, we now have a raised piece and still mesh that sits along the back. But basically, what this design creates is the ability for air to actually escape and to create that evaporation process. Typically, if you just look at more kind of ventilated liners, you know, perforated materials, that's a great start. But you often don't get enough sweat and heat escape to actually have greater evaporation that helps control your body temperature. So with this chest, that's the main feature. But then there's also added details around the liner, around our foams and the outer materials that we're using to also create that uh, ventilation as well. So essentially what it came down to is improvement across the board for all goalies not only in their overall body temperature, having that decrease, but also when we look at their reaction time and when we think about just overall performance and how important every little second, every inch is to a goaltender, it's things like this that can actually make a big difference. So uh, some really exciting technology there. Yeah, and uh, I will back it up from a uh, testing standpoint. Like I said, we've got multiple users that have tried it. Um, protection, mobility love the new the way the elbow locks in now in this unit and way sort of sort of keeps it in place uh, right down to sort of the wrist straps improvements there that we've heard across the board from our testers they like we'll get more into that with cam but really quick wanted to switch over switch gears go to the feet because uh, this is the product we haven't had a chance to test uh, we do have one set here that we're getting initial feedback on the new skate the eflex 6 skate uh, what jumps out the ability to customize colors um, the one-piece boot, and the tongue. I don't know that photos do enough justice. And when I was trying to think of this, how do I do justice to how, how soft this tongue feels? Photos don't really capture it, but it really is like it just kind of, it's really nice and soft. Like me. Yeah, starting with the tongue, like you mentioned, Kev, um, it really is around having the best amount of flexibility, contouring the foot properly, but ensuring that when it comes to the flexibility and the mobility that we talk about, especially so much in our pads, we need to make sure that that's replicated in our skate. So the tongue's able to achieve that for us. In terms of some of the other changes that we've made and the updates that I think are really relevant to goaltenders, when we look at the overall shape of our skate, uh, we now have our new game-ready fit. So what this game ready fit does is it's going to enhance the way that all of these composite materials and some of these stiffer materials are going to wrap and fit around the skate. It's very heat moldable. It'll adapt very well to the foot. But now when you really just put it on for the first time and you're going through those first few skates, you're going to have less of that break in period required, uh, which is always a bonus. In addition to that, a bit of a new shape around the ankle, uh, the way that it's contoured, it's a lower boot cut. Again, really just thinking about that mobility. How do we complement it in the skate? You mentioned custom. So there's been a few skates floating around so far I've seen um, and some really cool examples of the colors that you can do. In addition to that, custom tongue options, custom steel options, in addition to getting obviously a really great fit through that program as well. But not just Elite, there is the E-Flex 6 Pro at custom. And then there's the E-Flex 6, the 6.9, and all the way down to the 6.5. Uh, which goes all the way down to a youth size 13. Those are all starting to become available in stores uh, with a lot of great technologies. All right. Well, I can't wait to run through those with Cam and bring some images to this as well. Um, but in the meantime, Kaylee, 
Knocked it out of the park as usual. Not surprised at all on my end, getting to talk to you on a regular basis. Know the passion you have for the position and playing the position and what you bring to CCM goaltender and the innovation that you lead and are part of leading there over the past couple of years. It's been really fun to watch everything sort of move forward and evolve uh, and excited that you had the time to share you know, a few of the details with us today. The little teaser on the mask Killing me to bite my tongue on this one, but just wait for it, folks. It'll be worth the wait. Um, we'll catch up with you again in the very near future to go over uh, the details on that one. And and we might let Cam get a word in edgewise when it's time to unveil that as well. Can I at least be upgraded to a 1B? 100%. I thought, I, to be honest with you, when you said backup towel, and I was like, oh yeah, she's the backup. I was actually thinking more it was a dig at Cam because the truth is he's nothing more than a backup. His beer league team told me that, but you know, we'll, we'll just... We'll, We'll go with the dig at camp because I prefer to make those, especially when he's gone missing on us. Perfect. Love it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Kaylee. Kaylee's fantastic. We're lucky to catch up with her at least once a month to talk about all that's going on in the industry and different developments and stuff. Woody, do you have any initial thoughts from your use of the new Eflex 6 Chesty? Well, it, you know, it's she talked about thermoregulation and it's been a little bit of a tough one to judge because they arrived and we're into summer hockey. Mm-hmm. So everything's hot. The ice is sloppy. Like it's it's just like you're I'm sweating by the time I tie up my skates. It's so warm in some of these rooms. And no, don't make any jokes about that's always the case. But I have noticed like the one thing It's funny. Uh, I did a skate recently and there was a goalie coach and he saw it for the first time. And he's an avid hiker. And he was talking about how he, he's just sort of, get, I guess, getting into it. So there were other hikers on a recent hike he did who had like specialized backpacks. And he just had a plain Joe backpack. And his plain Joe backpack was tight to his back all mm-hmm. the way down the spine. And so no chance for the heat escape. And these people that are really into hiking, their backpack had a system that pushed the backpack away from their spine and created a gap for the heat to escape so they wouldn't sweat so much, which is kind of exactly what they've done. And Kaylee talked about it, you know, thermodynamics and working with the University of Ottawa to study it. That's exactly what that that new system creates in the E-Flex 6 in terms of heat being able to escape. Um, and so there have been times where I'm like, like everyone else is dying because of the heat because it's a summer skate. And I'm like, hey, this sort of just feels normal to me. So that's a good sign from that perspective. Other thoughts? Um, I was at a skate recently where I had some apologies for some high heat that was sort of off the shoulder collarbone area. And I was like, uh, don't worry about it. Didn't, didn't feel, feel it. it. Was a little bit surprised to get the apology. Maybe I'm just not used to being apologized to my beer league. They just hit me in the head and say tough crap. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the protection on this is, is top notch. Uh, they've increased their use of D3O. Uh, they've got an air net system through the arms that I think helps it breathe. And, and one of my favorite things is it's almost like a player's elbow sort of cat, like the elbow, the, the elbow cap, the elbow guard is almost like a player's one built into the arms. So I find that over time in, in past models and previous ones that didn't have this, that can get sloppy. Um, but the way the elbow locks in, and keeps you held in there. And then they've improved the wrist strap system as well. I just felt really connected through the arms and the range of motion has been really good. So um, yeah, I I mean, lots of good things to say. We'll have a full review on it. 
the thermodynamic definitely jumps out. And I thought it was really cool to sort of hear, you know, from this 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 goalie coach, uh, the hiking story. To me, it really resonated because you know it just shows you. Quite often, we're looking for ideas from other sports. We, we have you know Bauer with the ski boots and and the connects, right? Like, what can we learn from other sports? And here's you know as much as we not might not think of hiking as a sport, anybody who does it at a at a you know higher level or does it like as a serious hobby those things matter and so to hear that the system that ccm's created with this chest protector sort of echoes something that we've seen at high levels of other activities i think that's pretty cool i love stuff like that and the one downside initially is packing your bag because it's so big well that hard the right. hard plastic, because again, the system on the back over the shoulders is a hard plastic to to to, to initiate that air gap. Um, and there's the one thing it's good they did. There's a ton of adjustability around the shoulders, floaters, and over the shoulders, and how it fits over the shoulders, and that's important because of the rigidness of that back. But it doesn't lay flat in your bag anymore. So I used to be a guy who the top of after everything else went in, organizing system, I, the chest protector would go in last with the arms sort of down the side and the front facing the top of the bag. With this one, because of that bag, it was puffing up too much. So what I've, I've turned it around, the chest protector now faces down, and that gap that's created by that plastic piece on the back of it, I now use that to insert other things like my laundry or whatever when I pack the bag on the way home. Because it does, otherwise, if you don't use that space that it creates in the bag, chances are you're running out of room when you go to do it up. So if you're going to be heading out hiking, you want a little bit of air gap for thermoregulation. I have an idea. I'm heading over this week, a couple of times to catch up with you. I think, no, I am not putting the chest protector I on and think, going on a hike with Pete. I think you are going to do the grouse grind with the E-Flex 6 chest protector on. It's going to be gold on social. We're going to show how great it is. Let's make it happen, Woody. If you've got somebody to carry me, carry me up to the points at which we are going to do the photos, I'm good. I thought you were going to suggest a hike with Pete Fry, and he likes to go barefoot, and there's no freaking way I'm doing that. But the grind, I might try. This is an idea. This we'll is an idea we'll I'm, I'm, willing, I'm willing to entertain. Okay. Uh, our Sensorina feature interview this week with Carson Bjarnason uh, of the Brandon Weekings is coming up shortly to highlight the fact that Sense Arena lets you train anywhere you go on the road this summer. We're hosting a contest, Woody. We are. And we said we were hosting a contest last week, and we've been a little slow to get the photos up. We didn't up promo it too initiated. hard, did we? Yeah. Well, it was kind of off the top of our heads. And then the problem became, I have these great photos using Sense Arena in exotic locations. But I couldn't find them. So I've needed a week to sort of get them all together. We've needed a plan a little bit, but it will be on our social media page in the coming weeks. Uh, we want to see where you use Sense Arena in the off season. That's the beauty. One of the many beauties of Sense Arena. Don't have ice? You can still train. Going on vacation? You can still train. Going to the cabin for a weekend if you're blessed enough to, to have access to one? You can still train. You don't need ice. You don't need your gear. You can still train and you can train right up to the level of NHL shooters. It's one of the many benefits of Sense Arena. We wanted to highlight it with some photos. So tag us on Instagram, tag us on Twitter, tag us on threads. We're there too. 
with photos of you using Sense Arena training. Tag them too, at Sense Arena. Photos of you using Sense Arena outside of your normal locations. It could be a cabin, it could be a lake, it could be the mountains. It Can you do it in your car? I haven't tried that. Please not while it you're could, driving. That would be a little difficult. For a guy who once punched the desk in his office and spilt coffee everywhere, I got so immersed in the Sense Arena environment, I'm thinking being able to see the road would be problematic. Headed somewhere in a motorhome for a week, and you've got Sense Arena, and you've got, every, you've got a few drills pre-downloaded that you can do without being connected to Wi-Fi, send us a photo of that as long as you're not behind the wheel. We want to see where you use Sense Arena in the summers. Uh, we'll have some prizes that go with everybody that shares a photo, and we will share those ourselves on our social media. So become IG famous, as the kids say. Tag us in your posts using Sense Arena outside of where you normally would. Please do not use Sense Arena while driving a car. Please step at least 10 feet away from the campfire if you're going to use them on that camping trip. Oh, 100% I'm Especially going to the Especially if you are Woody. If you want to pick up Sense Arena so you can hop in on this contest, you can use the code IGM50 over at sensearena.com. But you know what? You don't even have to purchase Sense Arena to enter this because they've got a free 10-day trial. So you can give it a go. Or frankly, if you just want to take a cool photo and you have a headset lying around, put the headset on, pretend you're using Sense Arena, and maybe that will get you in the mood that you really want to try it. Get creative. Darren wants to try it on the ice, so you could do, do it there. I know my son has always wanted to go to an outdoor rink on one of the most beautiful places in Canada, Lake Louise. Didn't work so well in July, but he could do it with Sensorina so that we've got a photo from Lake Louise that we'll throw up there. Jump in there, everybody. We would love to have you with this contest. Now, enough chatter. We thought with Darren not here, you and I might just be a little bit quieter, but we've kept her rolling really well, Woody. Dope. This week, you have a fantastic interview with a young goaltender just on the cusp of a pro career. And these are the ones that I think I don't know. I say I love them all the most, but what I love about these ones is the young guys are so open. They're filled with optimism. They're just willing to share everything. And Darren's going to really be sad to miss this one because he's the starting goaltender from his favorite junior hockey team. The Brandon Wheat Kings. Carson Bjarnason, now also of the Philadelphia Flyers. And I got to tell you, we've teased a lot of the elements here, so I'm not going to get a carried away with this intro, but there is a ton in here including basically a built-in pro reads uh, on how to read the game and how to get better to read the game and aspects of it that, frankly, I don't think goalies consider enough, including, and clearly the Flyers think about it, but including within our pro reads. Like, I am in future pro read video sessions. You've seen me in the past ask about, okay, you took a look here. I'm going to get guys to identify when and where they think they can take looks because it's such an important part of the game. And it's something that Carson teaches us a little bit about after having learned it himself from the Philadelphia Flyers. Just one part of many that make this a great interview. Thanks again to Carson for his time. Enjoy it, folks. Really excited to welcome to the Ingo Radio podcast for the first time, a, a young man that I had the opportunity to meet at the CHL Top Prospects game and was super impressed by, not just on the ice, but off the ice in those conversations. Uh, talk about really excited to welcome him. Uh, really exciting month for him. Carson Bjarnason, Philadelphia Flyers goaltending prospect draft pick. 
How does that, like, has it all sunk in yet that you've been drafted in the National Hockey League? Yeah, I mean, it's something to, it's something to definitely look back on one day and, and think it's pretty cool. Um, definitely, you know, hard to, hard to think it's me because, you know, I'm the one living it and uh, going through it. But, uh, you know, sometime when I, when I look back and have the time to, you know, really realize how cool it is, I think it'll be, it'll be pretty special. Okay. So have you had a time to process the process itself? Like as much as the whole, what it means might not have sunk in yet. What about what you've been through? Maybe we can rewind it a little bit. I mean, you know, I, I met you at the top prospects game and talked a little bit about what it's like leading up to the draft, but you know, maybe, maybe, maybe start with the combine. Like what, what's that like the first time you head into something like that? Yeah. I mean, obviously it only happens once, right? So it's, it's obviously pretty cool to, you know, know that you're in that top kind of, um, hundred range of, of players in the world, whether you're a forward deer or goalie, uh, it's kind of cool to know that you're, you know, in the talking of that. Um, so, you know, going, going back to that, talking to almost every team, it was, um, you know, it was pretty cool uh, again to see all those big names up there and, you know, coaches and GMs there. Um, and, and obviously you're, you're running around a little bit, uh, trying to please everybody and, uh, you know, do three meetings on time. So yeah, to have that play out coming to the draft and not really knowing where I'd go. Philadelphia selecting me, it was, it was pretty neat. Going back to the combine, like anything, like, are you prepped for the combine? Do you know exactly what exercises you're going to be doing? Do you prepare for it? Do you just train like you would normally train for an off season and go from there? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely looked at it a lot more, uh, you know, towards the interviews that I had. Um, training is just kind of a second nature thing for me, and it's something I've always enjoyed. And, um, you know, it, it's something I take pride in is how hard I work and, you know, everything that goes into being goalie, uh, off the ice especially. So it was uh, it was definitely more of a mental prep to you know make sure you're handling questions right. Uh, there was some there was some uh, you know hard ones there, and you know the odd one that would throw you off. So you just kind of had to you know stay true to yourself and, and show your real colors. Uh, and obviously, if a team liked you enough, I mean they they'd have the the will to want to take you in the draft. So um, as long as one team liked me, I was I was happy. Walk me through those questions. Like, I know everybody always asks the people that go through it, like, yeah. what's the craziest question you got? But like, what is the mindset going in? If the, if the sort of physical part was just natural, just did your normal training, did, did you have any prep for this? Like you said, just stay true to yourself. But I know they can throw some weird ones at you sometimes. Is it, is it kind of hard sometimes? Like, do you, can, it be, can it be easy to, much like playing goal, can it be easy to overthink that process? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and it, it's something that that they have to do. It's a part of their job, right? You can't be on the ice and and get uh, rattled, you know, just by something little happening. So they they really try to get under your skin, not in the wrong way by you know saying anything too too mean, but um, you know, just questions like, uh, you know, off putting questions where you you don't know what to say and you say something and then they come back with, oh, so so you, this is how you feel about this then you know, trying to flip the script and, and, you know, show a different light through the question that you did not think would, you know, play out that way. So, um, yeah, you have to be careful with what you say almost and, and be precautious on, you know, how, how you come off. But I mean, if you're a good enough kid and, and you just stay true to yourself, you know, you, you try have your best intentions. They, they usually let you off, um, just with, you know, you did a good job and, you know, we're, you know, we really like the way you are. So, um, you know, I thought I did that pretty well and portrayed myself as a um you know as a laid back and humble kid but 
Uh, I mean, everybody might have their different opinions, but it, it was something cool to go through for sure. Okay, Nashville draft itself. Um, had you been before to Nashville? No, never. Favorite part? Other than being drafted, of course. It was a pretty a pretty electric city for sure. Uh, you know, for some of my buddies, um, you know, that did get drafted there and got to stay there. It's I was happy for them knowing that they, you know, they'd have some fun there. It's it's a it's an unbelievable city, definitely. Um, you know, turned into a hockey city over the last couple of years. And um, you know, it, it's something cool to be able to, you know, go back there someday and um, you know, it it'd be where I got drafted and, and be able to play there. It'll be it'll be pretty sweet. Okay, so straight into like how much time did you have? I didn't I didn't actually look at the calendar. Like how quick were you into development camp with the Flyers? Yeah, so um I was gone the next day. Uh I flew out on a Friday and wow. um, you know, showed up and the next day we were uh, you know, just kinda getting settled in and then we took a couple of days off as as guys were, you know, rolling in. Not everybody obviously came through the from the the draft. So um, you know, guys were rolling in from from where they live and uh yeah a couple of days in we started skating and yeah just really cool workouts and you know you really get to see the you know what the pros go through it's it's so top of the line um in philadelphia and the whole organization is just uh definitely on the, on the hill uh, they have everything figured out here and uh you know I'm, I'm really happy to be a part of you know what they're going through okay so did you take gear to nashville knowing that development camp might be right around the corner like you hauled it all down there yeah, I did. Uh, it was my agent had just told me that something built right after, and a couple of guys had showed up with absolutely nothing. So uh, I didn't want to be in that boat. So I, I brought everything, um, you know, a couple sets of everything, and tried to stay minimal, but also, you know, have enough just in case. Um, and then, yeah, I got my bag shipped here from Nashville to, to Philly and uh, did my own ice. And yeah, it, it was pretty sweet. What was, you know, and, and you can speak goalie on us here a little bit, like what was the process like you get into dev camp in terms of on ice, technically, tactically, new things being thrown at you as much as they might not want to do too much, but a big fan of Kim Dillabaugh and Brady Robinson and the crew that runs the goaltending department there. What, um, you know, is there anything that like was new to you as a goaltender? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, it's also their job and they've done a, an excellent job of recognizing the way I play. Um, they said, you know, coming in the first day, you know, that it, it, it wasn't their goal. They, they're not here to change me in the way I play. They're here to, you know, add off and, and um, you know, branch off of what I have and, and try and make me, uh, you know, not only able to sign a contract one day and stuff like that, but, you know, the best NHL goalie ever. That's, that's their job and that's what they really want to do here. So it was, um, it was a lot of technically sound stuff. I mean, obviously, it's something I, I take pride in. I've, I've always taken pride in my skating and, and the way I move and stuff. But um, it's little things like off-puck awareness. You know, it, it's crazy the, the way these coaches can see the game. And, you know, you, like I said before, you kind of get to you get to see at that next level um, what they have to offer. I, I didn't think I'd be able to do some of the things that they've taught me until I, you know, a week later. I'm, I'm doing them now in regular practices, so. Um, you know, looking off the puck when, when they're on the rush and you know they're not going to shoot. And, you know, if a puck's up in the air, you're taking looks and seeing what guys' hands are. And, um, you know, I had always thought that my off-puck awareness and, and hockey IQ was, you know, better for my age. And then you, you realize how much better it can get. And, you know, you see why these guys like like Hart and, and Price and all those kind of guys that I've always modeled my game after. You can see why 
I mean, they're so successful and, and you can see why they're, you know, why they've put themselves in, in such good positions uh, in regards to their careers. Okay. So looking off the puck has obviously been a theme there. Um, that, and that's more tactical than technical and, and, and awareness. Video work? I, I'm trying to picture like for, because the automatic response for me, Carson, is how do we help other goalies? And obviously this is a big part. Of, I know you're, you're an Ingle Magazine subscriber. That's a big part of what we try and do with Pro Reads. Were they using video with you? How did like how do you develop that? How do how do you other than when you go back to Brandon and play and being more cognizant of it, did they use video to help you? How do you take that next step in those elements? Yeah, so the first day, um, obviously, like I said, dev can be coming and you, you get to know the guys enough. And um, you know, when it really kind of started to get down to the work, we um I was the only drafted goalie here, so I, I sat down with all of them um and a couple more guys that they had come through to camp and uh, it was it was just a lot of plays. They, I mean, they obviously try to involve you, right? So if if a kid goes to camp, you can you can definitely expect to to come in on one of the first few days and um, sit down in a in a very nice video room. It's the NHL, and something I didn't think about. I walked in, and it was just a, it was a movie theater. So um, okay, I got to give you a quick cool warning. Too. They're not all like that. No, that's what I mean. Philadelphia is just it's special. It's it's something crazy here, but. I mean, in, in regards to the actual, the video, uh, you walked in. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, the two goalie coaches here, unbelievable development and coach. Um, and it's, it was, it was more of, you know, they wanted to see what we saw. Uh, they wanted to see how, you know, how we thought we, we kind of expressed what we saw in the play de- developing and, um, what it was, was, it was heartsy and, and there'd be a play developing and un- unwrapping and then you'd, he'd kind of uh, predict what was going to happen. So, and Billy would, would say, so what, what goes on from here? Like, what do you do now? now? And, um, and I'd say like, well, that guy's an off the off offside threat is, uh, you know, not as one timer side. So he has time to look and stuff. And then you'd, he'd let the play, uh, you know, the, the clip play and Hart heart would have his eyes, you know, everywhere. He'd have his, his head turning back one way and his, his body was facing the other and, um, his recoveries were flawless. I mean, and it, it was crazy to, you know, really watch um, in slow motion and, and him break it down to see that all these things that we've been working on um, on the ice are, are literally the way Carter Hart plays and, and the way he sees the game. So, um, you know, you try to translate that as much as you can in your own way, obviously. Like I said before, they're not there to to change our game. They're there to add off of what we have. And we're obviously there for a reason because we have enough. But yeah, it was for me just just a lot of off puck awareness, uh, the tactical side of it, seeing the ice, um, and you know, being able to beat the pass to give yourself more time to look, stuff like that. So like that was uh, like I now I'm gonna have to text Dilly and be like, okay, so like this sounds, this is like I feel like we've actually like Pro Reads actually has some value. I've always believed it has value, but this sounds like a lot what we try and do at Pro Reads to help goalies learn how to read the game, see how these guys at the elite level are seeing it. I'm, I'm, this is pumping me up right now, Carson. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, no, I mean, and like I, like I said before, I, I've subscribed to the channel since I was, would have been 13. I said, mom, I, I really need to look at this. And it's, it's always helped me. I mean, I love the gear and all, but then again, you got to take a step away and really realize that you got to help yourself and understand the game. But yeah, um, you know, the, the way they were coaching me and, um, you know, the way they saw the way I played and yeah, I'm a laid back goalie and, and, you know, try to have that stoicism to my game. Like, 
all my role models. Um, it's, it's, you know, really important that I do, uh, you know, get out of my comfort zone challenge and, and be able to, you know, get a little more aggressive, um, and, and, you know, see, see the way the players come off. Okay. So I got to ask one last one and I'm, I'm sorry to keep pushing on this one, but you've got a thread that I got to pick at a little bit. When, when we talk about off-ice awareness, because I really do believe reading the game is so important for kids. You're, you've taken this massive step. You're, you're coming off a, a, a great sort of rise through junior hockey. When to look off the puck? Is that something that they talk about? Like, like you talked about when the puck's in the air. Could you share a couple examples of, without giving away any secrets, hopefully, but like just a couple of examples of things you might have learned. Like, hey, like this is when I need to have a look so that I can have better on-ice awareness. Where in the zone do you feel comfortable taking that look and how has that changed after that experience at dev camp yeah absolutely that's literally the main thing we touched on it was something we worked on every day uh warm up and then you'd you'd go out and practice and you'd you know apply it so it was it was a lot of um you know a guy's coming coming down the wall he's at the red line say um you take two looks immediately right from there as soon as you get your depth and then and then from there it's you take you take your looks and um you know, if you know he's not going to shoot, if he's, you know, on the wall contested by one of our, our D-men, uh, you take a look again. And you never know that that backside threat could have opened up. You didn't think he was on his one-timer side, and he is. Um, you know, and, and if the play is in the corner and, um, you know, the puck is against the wall, it's, it's something little that you can do is look off look off to the uh, to the weak side threat. Um, everything. It's We worked on looking back. Uh, the way we came from in the middle of our T-push. It, it's stuff like that that I didn't didn't think I could do and and didn't think would be, you know, possible in the game. It was something you didn't know you could do. Uh, I'd be in the middle of my T-push. And and Dilly would say, you got to look back there. Uh, and I'd go, like, I, I don't know if I can. Like, that's that's something I've never done. I thought I had good off-puck awareness. And, and then you all of a sudden, the game slows down. Um, so if anything... If for you know a kid coming to try to make juniors or, or anything like that if you um are able to to work on finding the right times uh, you know if a puck is in the middle of its pass it's it's on the way to the other guy and you take a look back as soon as you set your feet and beat the pass that's the that's the important part right is is beating passes and yourself up well to do that it'll change the game it'll slow it down for you um and like i said for beating the passes is, is the first thing obviously uh, you know, it's something that's important, but you know, once you get that down pat and, and you're a goalie, it's, it's your job. You gotta be fast. Once you get that down, you know, from there, it, it slows down. It's, it's crazy. And, you know, it's something I'm really excited to apply to my game and, and, you know, work with them, with them moving forward. Okay. So I got to ask, cause you're clearly passionate about the position. Like you, you're, you like to think about it. You're looking for tools in the toolbox. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna rewind big time here. Where'd this start? Where'd the love for the position start? Like, were you a goalie right out of the box, or did you you come to it? Uh, you know, from from playing a different forward D, or how how did this start? Yeah, it's something I've always kind of wondered too. It's it's not something I've always really known. It's um, I was a D man all growing okay. up and and playing. I played D for a good few years before I uh, made the switch to goalie. And yeah, I I remember I was in I was in the paw. At my uh my alma, my dad's mom, uh at her at her house, lakefront at, at Clearwater Lake up north there. And I'd be in the bunk beds that she has and I'd watch these Mika Kippersoft highlights. I was like I was just it was just that guy. I loved the jerseys. Um, 
you know, and I just loved the way he played. I watched him and watched the game, and I was like, wow, like he, he he's just so good at what he does, and he looks so cool. So yeah, I started drawing goalies when I was young and just drawing them and seeing like, wow, like what kind of gear is that? Like, what is this? What is that? Um, and yeah, like I'd throw myself in the net in the basement and, you know, my brother and his buddy, uh, Connor Buchanan, Bucky, I hope he hears this someday, you know, he, he they'd all shoot on me and yeah, I'd get rattled <laughs> if they racked up the score on me, but, um, it was just the demand of it. I, I love the way that it made me learn how to control my emotions. And I love the way I naturally, you know, got the poise from it that I didn't think I could have. Um, you know, you, you learn how to control yourself, but the way you move the hand eye and the foot eye and everything that goes to it, it just helped me in general. Um, and it's something that I just stuck with. I, I really like the gear of it. I like the way that, you know, I'd watch goalies. I like the way price played, everything like that. It all just kind of added up to me wanting to, prove that I was the right person to pursue this hard, hard job and the demand of it. I think you have to embrace that, the demand and how hard it is and the pressure that comes with it to be good at it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it's a privilege. I mean, you hear it all the time. Pressure is a privilege. I remember Jacob yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Fowler uh, said that at the draft there um, about going to Montreal and, you know, it's such a, cliche quote but it's so true you gotta really embrace what you what you have and the decisions you make how how old were you when down in the basement to make this decision and fall in love with kipper because i'm I'm trying to do the math in my head and i mean i was blessed to cover kipper for a number of years like so what age are we talking here it must have been 10 it must have been 10 11 and then i really kind of started around 12 and and got into it then but yeah it was it was around that age 9 10 uh, maybe even eight was the first time I watched, but yeah, it was, it was just nice to see something that I was really passionate about. I mean, I love drawing and everything like that. And that was all fine and dandy, but you know, to something, something I could bring to life. It, it was cool to strap them on one day and, and, you know, be like, wow, like I can, I can do this every day. Are there like booklets somewhere back home of like your drawings of all these, these goalies? Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, I think. You I still do I, it? I almost, yeah, the odd time I do now, but it's it's a nice little getaway for sure. It kind of distracts you um, drawing in, in general, but there's definitely drawings laying around in a little booklet or my almost fridge. She'd hang them up on there and uh, with the little magnets. Yeah, there's there's stuff everywhere, I'm sure. Kind of cool to think that they're, you know, like that you're on the path to have kids drawing pictures of you one day, hey? Yeah, I, I hope so. It'd be pretty cool to, to have that, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm still just trying to get my name out there. Still trying to prove that I can, um, you know, be the be the goalie the Flyers want me to be, and you know, prove to them that they made the right choice. Gear, you talked about gear. I think it's like it's innate. I mean, and I, I gotta say though, Carson, not everyone, like especially I'm an old man. You're this younger generation. Not everybody is as passionate as you seem to be about it. Um, you know, I do run into guys now that are just like, yeah, I wear whatever they give me. I've had it for the same number of years. I tell them not to change it. How in tune are you with your gear? What was like? So what was your first set? Yeah, first set. Uh, it was an old set of RBK as Roberto Longos. Um, you know, the all navy. Um, that was that was my first set, and I got it from my dad. Picked it up for me. He was like, "Hey, I got something for you in the back of the truck." I was like, "Oh, what is it?" And I think he got it from eBay or, or something uh, out of Brandon. So that was my first set. Uh, from there, I kind of worked my way into the 
you know, obviously Reebok, RBK. Um, I work my way into the Re- uh, I say Reebok. If I turn my camera here and point it up, there's a there's a there's a Reebok P4 that, that Roberto Luongo wore and signed. Yeah. So it's those models too. Yeah, that and then yeah, I got into the the obviously the junior version. Um, I was small, so the XLTs. Nice uh, Reebok. Got those in red to match my Carberry Plainsman team, and then yeah, from there it would have been. It would have been the CCM, my first ever custom set. I babysat for a couple summers to to save up enough money, so I ordered myself some Eflex threes. Um, saw price use those, and that's something I said I need to get. Obviously, you, you watch enough, you go, "Well, if I wear that, I'm going to play like him." Um, you know, that's where the the love for the way he played started for sure. Um, you know, that's where I really studied the way he was, and even off ice, like I've watched interviews and, and videos of him just as he was his person it's somebody i've i've modeled everything after um and you know somebody i'm glad to have he, he's an unbelievable goaltender and uh, you know his reputation as a person person is just so high and then yeah i guess moving on i kind of went into the bauer world and um i tried out uh the 2x pros and then the ultrasonics and then yeah, I'm I'm with CCM now. So uh, going back to ju- in junior hockey, uh, first year I, I had my Eflex fives and Eflex fives again, and now we're into that Eflex six and hopefully seven soon. So yeah, I'm I'm really in tune with my gear. It's somebody I to- toy around with a lot and just try to find what works best. Okay, so the setups are one thing, but as a guy who grew up drawing and drawing goalies and drawing goalie gear, how like like we just got our first all out set. With you yeah. know the the logos and so everything, that, yeah. I, and I'm like I'm 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 about to be 50, man, and like I felt like I was five and it was Christmas again, right? So like, how excited are you to get a chance to dig into some designs? Good, that's the way it should be. You got to be excited for it for sure. Um, yeah, so I guess kind of branching off to my helmet, um, you know, I've I've drawn, I mean, hundreds, countless helmets, designs, and everything, and I I whip up five helmets and I pick out what I like best and you know that's what I use so my my helmet I got painted this year um I drew that and gave it to my my designer out there in Thunder Bay Brian Schott um, make sure we give him a shout shout out absolutely unbelievable painter I love his work it's it's crazy I see all the mass he does for people throughout you know all of North America it's everyone is unbelievable um so shot it over to him and we, we keep in contact and then he whipped it up and it was, it was exactly what I asked for. Um, so it's nice to kind of have my own personal touch to that. Obviously I drew the whole thing. So it's, it's nice to have him and, and myself, you know, kind of create, you know, work in, in unison together with that. And then yeah, gear, I, I draw the, draw it up, drew up four sets, I think for my, those, the sets I wore this past year um, and just came to a conclusion that I, I like the team, theme of it i like the logo on the blocker and, and pads and uh you know kind of the stitching they have the obviously the all-out graphic there so yeah it was it was pretty neat to have that you know waffle blocker and um you know the glove and everything so uh you know working on something again this year coming up and hopefully it'll i mean ccm does you know they do a job i'll tell you that that's um to say the least they do they do a job so um, excited to see what what we have this year. Oh, we can't wait to see it. Um, you don't start like from a goalie perspective. That's almost late, right? To make the switch. You talked about you know, well, there's eleven to around twelve before you're on the ice playing the position. 
Um, you're from Carberry, Manitoba. I don't know what you know sort of access you'd have. Like, is there a goalie coach in town that you work with? Like, how do you go from you know, like that's not a long lead time to the WHL. Where's mm-hmm. the technical development? How much ownership did you have to take of it yourself? Are there coaches along the way that we can give a shout out to? And you know, so where did you start the technical journey? Because it's one thing to sort of fall in love and watch Mika and love the saves and the gear. It's another thing to be able to execute at the level you do now. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I was fortunate. My parents, they, they let me, you know, they, they say, find something you love and stick to it. And um, I did. It, it was something I always enjoyed. And um, yeah, I mean, they, they make unbelievable efforts to try to get me to a goalie school. Uh, we'd, we'd have a couple a year um, and I'd go to maybe one or maybe two um, throughout, throughout a year. So, um, you know, whether that be summer or, or, or Christmas, winter one at some point, but near nearby or did you do some traveling and get some different voices yeah definitely tra- some traveling i mean some camps were an hour and a half and, and then the other ones would be 45 minutes and some would come to carberry that'd be the odd one that did that so uh i was i was lucky enough to have stuff you know in obviously in reach and available so uh and obviously that and in teamwork with my parents them running me around and stuff with their busy lives it, it was um you know it was it was a perfect childhood for me i mean i can't look back and and say they did anything wrong because i don't think they did and um, i just obviously tried to make the most of the opportunity that i had um i obviously don't know how expensive they were and stuff i just went out there and played so yeah um you know really appreciative of what they did for me there and uh you know like i said just tried to have fun in them and you know also be the hardest working did you play other sports in the summer too yeah so i played triple a ball uh with pemina hills triple uh, a baseball team there i would have started around 13 and just ended playing uh, a couple of years ago there and have been playing uh, the senior carberry royals team there uh lots of lots of good names out there for sure i love love that team there it's it's fun to practice i still practice with them and stuff so um you know nice to be a part of that and you know those kind of older guys they they give you a maturity level obviously and uh, you know it's fun to just chat with them and yeah, I played school volleyball, basketball, uh, badminton. I played, well, I did track and field, obviously, growing up. And then, yeah, just any sport I really could. It was important for me to kind of branch away. You talked a little bit about modeling your game, like uh, talking about Carter, talking about Kerry, the way they moved um, on and off the ice, but on the ice. Uh, how do you sort of see that how you manifest itself like did you do a lot of watching other goalies and trying to bring it into your game how who helped you sort of you know develop the efficiency that we see today that made you such a high draft pick that made you such a highly touted prospect coming into this draft yeah i i mean i just i I feel like at some point it kind of clicked with me I'd, i'd watch so much film and practice film and watching that channel sports 444 um on carry prices practice just literally everything i could find i'd dig and dig and dig to see how they acted everywhere um and yeah it just kind of came to my senses and and one day it, i think it might have clicked and um i tr- obviously it's not something you should do but i tried to look through the fans eyes and see what i looked like i wanted to to try visualize what i looked like to them and i wanted to visualize the fact that I didn't want them to know what I was feeling. I didn't want them to know whether I was upset, whether I was full of confidence, whether I was, you know, happy about we just scored or mad I just let in a goal. I I had to keep that same demeanor and 
and and poise and stoicism through the whole game. That's something I always have, uh, you know, prided myself on is the way I can keep my control uh, on, on my emotions and, and keep a grasp of that. So that's something I think might have helped me. Obviously, it's I wouldn't recommend it. I, you know, you got to stay in your own head and make sure you, you have yourself under control and don't don't let you know what other people think uh, get into your head. But it was something I I just had thought about it long and hard enough to where it just kind of came to life. And um, you know, I wanted to portray that I was always under control. Okay, so like obviously, I know you've done some work with Pete Fry as well, um, who, who we've done some work with. When do you start with him, and how? You know, like you're, you like you said, laid back. Um, sounds like it at sometimes somewhat purposely, like you're trying to, you know, maintain that sort of presence of calmness. Hype level, some of the things that we know Pete works on. Like, have you had to dial into like, hey, I've got to find a way to now the puck's dropping, I'm ramped up. Like, you know what I mean? So, walk us through sort of that experience, what that was like, because because you know a lot of our audience will be familiar with some of Pete's concepts, having you know been a part of uh, our journey, him and him and us at Ingle. Um, how how did you sort of fit that in with what you were doing, and and how did that work? Yeah, I guess kind of dating back um, at sixteen in the Western League. I, um, it was something I really took a lot of pride in was how I looked uh, in the way that I was calm, but I definitely overdid it. Sometimes there was times where I was really laid back and probably could have wrapped it up and, and made sure I looked like I was ready to go. I was ready. It's just, you, you do, you do hear that, you know, like, wow, that guy looks lazy and, and you don't want to be that. But, um, it was something I picked up definitely on through the summer. Uh, going to Holinka and stuff, you know, kind of learning that I had to, you know, I had to be ready. Um, I really had to ramp it up when the play came, but also look look the way I, I always have. So I started working with Pete uh, just actually a couple of months ago here. Um, somebody had obviously recommended it and, you know, falling in goal and stuff. As somebody, I was like, you know, I, I feel like now would be a good time to definitely try and see what he had to offer. So um, just chatting here and there, obviously not, not too much has, has been going on yet since the season and, and everything. So, um, it's just a lot of thinking what you don't think you can do, right? Like I got to go into the season, you know, thinking way above myself so that, you know, you can miss by that small margin instead of aiming somewhere where, you know, you're going to hit so you can feel accomplished. It's, it's little stuff like that, that that's definitely clicked more. And, um, you know, I, I definitely had a sense of everything coming into what he was talking about, but he just, he brings it to a new light for sure. He brings it into a, into a space of a different perspective and, you know, that's what he specializes in. So um, it's, it's definitely been beneficial uh, just getting that new point of view. Okay. So the other part of being laid back and cool, and calm and collected, well, at least the cool part is you are in not just the goalie union, but you are in the goalie guitar union. You, you play, yeah. and I know there's a story there with your grandfather. Um, can can you share that with our audience? And and then I'm going to run a couple things by you about guitar and goaltending, and see if you're see 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 if it makes sense to you. But first, tell us how yeah. you got started. Well, yeah, I grew up. Uh, I went to drumming lessons, um, so I go to drum lessons. Yeah, so I'd go to drum lessons while my brother was in the other studio doing his guitar lessons. Okay, so we were on we were on different spectrum there we we ended up you know liking different things at the time and then it was it was actually just a couple of years ago that i you know i really liked looking how people played the guitar I, I remember watching my grandpa and stuff and he'd 
we'd be sitting on the couch uh, watching, you know, the Winnipeg Jets uh, play the Montreal Canadiens, and I'd be like, all right, well, Price is playing. Here we go. And, you know, it'd be intermission. It'd be around Christmas or something. And, and he'd pick up his guitar and just kind of start strumming away. He, he had such an easy way of doing it. And, and he had such a, just a natural, he looked so natural. It was crazy. And I was like, wow, like that is wicked. Like he looks cool. (laughs) And, you know, he, he'd start humming a little something and he had his own little songs in his songbook that I, you know, me and my mom and and brother and dad and sister have in our house. So it was, uh, it was just cool to watch him do that and be able to have such ease with it. Um, And obviously my brother had been playing all, all along since he was younger. So uh, kind of looking at him and he could do the same. I, I want to pick it up. So, um, you know, Ethan and my brother had gotten away with it from it for a little bit. And he was, he has a really busy life too. So um, it's nice to be able to get back into it with him. And, you know, he taught me a little bit and then I just kind of branched off my own and uh, you'd watch, you know, YouTube videos and stuff. And uh, yeah, so self-taught just like my grandpa. And that's something I definitely take pride in, you know, knowing that you know I can carry that on. Do you read music? Or do you just just play? I I used to, and I I just can't anymore. And it's something okay. I do. I just play. I just go out there. I hear a song, and you you toy around with your fingers, and you know the capo or whatever, and um, you just kind of start playing and find the strumming pattern, and yeah, you just kind of freestyle, pick away. Love it. So I mean, and do you, are you familiar with like just like there's a ton of goalies that play the guitar. Like there's a ton. Yeah, and I hadn't realized that until a couple of months ago. Somebody had mentioned it. I did not know that at all. I got a story I got to send you then because there was actually a goalie coach who um, I believe he has a sports psychology degree now named Ted Monick, and he used to teach his goalies to play the guitar. And then he studied it, I believe, at a PhD level. I believe his PhD thesis tied the neural pathways that that we develop learning but the the catch is it's from reading music so the anticipation between seeing the music Mm -hmm. and the hand reading you know the way we look ahead and the way the hand reacts he tied it directly to basically the same neural pathways as a glove say so playing the guitar um and the glove hand like it actually he believed it could enhance enhance your glove hand and we had a couple old pros uh todd ford who was in the toronto maple leaf system that started doing it as a result and felt like his hands got better. So in addition to looking cool and being part of the union, you might actually become, it might actually help you be a better goalie. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't, I didn't know. Like I said, I didn't know that until a little bit ago, somebody said, Oh, well, he played the guitar. I was like, what are you serious? Like I just picked it up. My grandpa loved it. I, I love playing. I love the way it looks. It reminds me of him. Um, so yeah, it's cool. Obviously that's <laughs> something I got to work on now is reading the sheet uh you know making life a little easier on myself but uh yeah i i just kind of you know i look up a song i play it and i you know i start to hear you know oh that sounds like um led zeppelin's chord in this song and that sounds like oh like that's that's the little bones starting to you know the hip song so it's it's little stuff like that and it ties in and obviously you hear enough and it kind of clicks so you get to you know have a have a sense of uh, memorization and you can just kind of play with it little bones man now you're like right up my alley with the old timer stuff yeah. that's that's yeah, a it's, classic it's, it's all i listen i i used to be definitely in the new age of stuff and uh, even even like two years ago I, i'd still listen to all the kind of new age stuff but yeah it's in the past two-ish years i've definitely gone just straight classic rock um 
you know, rate. I just I love the song Radiohead after the new Guardians of the Galaxy came out. Uh, Creep. I love. <laughs> yeah, you name it. I, I listen to every every old rock song now. That's awesome stuff. Hey, listen now. We've kept you too long. Just w- quickly walk me through what the rest of your summer looks like. Um, I didn't realize when we set this up that I, I assumed you might be back home by now, but you're still in Philadelphia. How like what does this look like from here on out as you try and build off? You know what I'm assuming also not stressful, but like there's a lot of like it must be tiring. Like the last month or so, you just had a lot thrown at you. Do you take a break when you get back on the ice, or maybe you stay on the ice? What, what does the rest of the summer look like for you? Yeah, just going home. I'm not, not here doing anything. I just wanted to stay here by myself and get a feel for the city. So nothing nothing going on here as regards the training. Um, but yeah, get home and, and yeah, just be able to get on the ice, apply what they told me, and, um, you know, just have that fresh start. Obviously, you got to take time off. So that's something my coaches have definitely praised to me and want me to do. So get back and, you know, really just get in the gym, get ready. Obviously, we got, um, you know, John Tortorella is our coach here in, in Philadelphia. So, um, you know, it's something I just want to get ready for. I want to prove to him that I'm ready at any point. And, um, obviously, it's I want to be able, an NHL goalie right now. And, you know, that may not be possible, but it's it's the mindset that I can be um, and, and that I want to be and I will be one day. So, yeah, just get back, um, pull back home here and get on the ice as much as I can. And, and then you're back. You have to go back to Philly for pro, like there's a prospects camp probably as well. Are you part of that before you head to like, will that yeah, be the I'll first? Go to, yeah. Rookie I'll be camp. in rookie camp. Yeah. Uh, Weekings camp comes up first. So go to Weekings camp, go, go to Philly and, um, and then hopefully main camp comes along and hopefully, you know, more stuff kind of ties into that. So I'm just chipping away one day at a time, trying to make myself that 1% better. Um, and, you know, just, just keep my head down. Uh, work definitely doesn't stop here it's, it's just started so i'm super excited for sure well i don't know if he still does it in philly but he used to do it here in vancouver that one mile run to start training camp was definitely and <laughs> that was important for torts at least back here because i remember how impressed he was with the way the Sedin twins did it so um there's the only thing i can offer that's my my preparatory advice for you um had had some great times with torts here in vancouver uh short time but a good time Carson, thank you so much for this. Uh, really appreciate your time uh, amidst a busy schedule. Uh, it means a lot to us that you made time for us. And uh, just the best of luck the rest of the way in the summer. I uh, look forward to catching up with you in the near future. And uh, I've definitely got an article link to sing, send you about the guitar and goaltending. Right on. I'm excited. No, thank you, Kevin, for having me on here. And obviously growing up, subscribing to it and, and watching everything you do. It's, it's pretty cool to finally get on here one time. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, couldn't be more happy than you know, doing this with you. Pleasure is mine. We'll talk soon. That was so good. Uh, Did I hear that right, Woody? Is he still in Philadelphia? I don't know if he's still in Philadelphia or if he's gone back to Philadelphia. Yeah. But again, to me, this is one. Yeah, he was in Philadelphia when we talked to him. I didn't realize when I set up the interview. Um, And And that was a good week after DevCamp, right? Yeah, so I don't know if he just stayed or if he went back again. Why? Because this is where he sees himself playing. We talk about creating that picture of yourself. It's in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. He knows it probably doesn't happen this year. He'll be back in Brandon almost assuredly. That's just the reality, especially with the agreement. He can't go straight to the AHL until he's 20. But this is where he sees himself being in the future. This is where he's going to be back for training camp and prospects camp with, with, with John Tortorella, with the main staff, with Kim Dillabaugh, with everyone. 
So why not make sure you're comfortable in that environment? He wanted to get to know the city where he hopes to play one day. And so he's he's in Philadelphia. Like I said, I'm not sure whether it was back in Philadelphia or just stayed, but he's in Philadelphia trying to get more comfortable with his environment. So when it does become his environment, whether it's for two weeks in August and September, I guess it'd be September this year, or the next 20 years or 15 years of a professional career, he's comfortable. It's I mean, it's like we always talk about preparing for the test. You know, if you if you've done the work when the test starts, you don't feel stressed. Why add an area of stress? Like, how long does it take to get to the rink from here? How long do I have? Where do I find my food? He's going to have all that dialed in because he's he's either stuck around or gone back to spend more time in a city he hopes to be a big part of his life. I I thought that was not only pretty insightful and cool on him, um, but probably another sign of what the Flyers like. Right? Like, it's not just how you stop pucks, although that's a huge part of it. Uh, it's the whole individual they're looking for. And to me, this was just another hint. And, and as you heard in that article, there are many mm-hmm. things to like about this young man as, as, as a person and as a goaltender. Uh, but that's probably just another box that got checked uh, when the Philadelphia Flyers were trying to figure out who they were picking. And then we should add, I didn't mention in the interview, um, traded up. Made sure they traded into the second round and traded up into the second round to make that selection. So clearly this wasn't just, hey, it's our turn. Who's next on our list? This is, you know, this kid's still available. I think I can make a deal to get this pick so we can get him. They clearly valued and coveted him. And uh, nice also to see another Western League kid with the Philadelphia Flyers. And and, and I got to say, hopefully Carson's okay with me sharing this. Didn't ask him during the interview, but... He did get a text message shortly after from Carter Hart, who is one of the goalies he looks up to and now a fellow Philadelphia Flyer, uh, sort of welcoming him to the team and saying, as I just said, it is nice to have another Western leaguer, another Western Canadian kid on the team. And I got to tell you, um, that left a pretty good impression with Carson. Well, as you know, Western Hockey League goaltenders, special place in my heart for them. Um, you did toss out something else maybe that needs to go into the goalie dictionary. You said because of the agreement, uh, Carson pretty much has to go back to the Western League this year. Just so people know, if you're not familiar with how all this goes, typically uh, you're drafted at least as a as a Canadian Hockey League goaltender. You're drafted in either your 17-year-old or your 18-year-old season, depending on when you're born during the season, during the year. Um, and the agreement between the National Hockey League and the Canadian Hockey League is that unless they are going to keep you on the NHL roster, if you are 18 or 19, if they're not going to keep you on that NHL roster, they have to send you back to your CHL home team. Some of these guys can make a case that maybe they could play at the American Hockey League level. Some teams might even like them to play there for their development, but that's just part of the overall development agreement that the NHL and the CHL have together. For the overall betterment of the game and all of the players involved and i know there's been some talk over the years about potentially allowing a few maybe first rounders or something to move into the hl but right now that's the way it works for chl goalies and that's what uh woody was referring to with the agreement so just putting my teacher hat on there again woody teachable moments are what you're all about hutch educating <laughs> the fans attaboy yeah uh, we got to do what i can do hey if uh if you're thinking to yourself right now i just wish woody and hutch would shut up If every week you're listening to this show and you're thinking, oh, I just want to hear that interview. I don't know where to fast forward to. I don't know how to get to that feature interview. We do have an option for you. Head over to ingolmag.com. Go down near the bottom of that opening page. You'll see something about the podcast there. Click through. You can subscribe to the premium podcast channel. Only feature interviews. 
You just click on the next one and you just go straight to that interview. You'll hear Woody's voice saying, I'm so excited to welcome. And you get straight into the interview. So if you're a little tired of all the chit chat or look, maybe, and I know we've had many people tell us quite honestly, they go back and listen to these interviews over and over again. Or maybe you're on the road and you want to hear the back to back to back this summer as you're going maybe to your latest surf vacation, if you're lucky, like Woody. Maybe if your son or daughter is a goaltender and you're chasing them from rink to rink, you want to hear lots on the road. The feature interview premium podcast channel is a great way to do it because you just got straight to the interview. As you're going back to those old interviews, maybe the Roberto Luongo one from way back in episode 200, maybe you don't want to hear what's going on in the game six months ago or a year ago. You just want to cut straight to that interview, premium podcast channel, head over to ingolmag.com and just slide down and find that Ingol Radio link and you'll figure out how you can get involved there. It still works on your favorite podcast provider. Just a great way to check out all the content as quickly as possible. Yeah, no, um, basically you can pay to get rid of me. Well, not entirely because I do a lot of the interviews, but you can pay to get rid of my preamble and my verbal diarrhea. It's actually, as you mentioned, Hutch, there are so many lessons in these um, and there is value. If you're a new listener, if you've just discovered us, then like there are 220, 219 other podcast editions that you think of the insights that Carson just shared. You can go back and listen and get those from some of the biggest names in the game. Marty Berger, Roberto Luongo, Henrik Lundqvist, three guys that have recently retired. But think of the wealth of knowledge. We have hour-long interviews with each of them as part of the Ingle Radio podcast um, archives. And you know, a lot of our preamble is sort of like we talked about development camp today. So it's sort of timely. We talk about trends around the game and things that we're seeing in the league. Well, you don't want to listen to us talking about like who's the Vesna favorite from two years ago, but you might want to listen to the interview that accompanied it. Uh, speaking of Vesna Trophy, Linus Allmark was a featured guest on the Ingo Radio podcast a couple of summers ago. Great way to go back and just listen to the interview. Save yourself listening to me because I know I wouldn't want to. Um, 100%, make sure you check it out. I, I love that we're actually getting people to pay just a tiny bit. It ain't much to not have to listen to my preamble. That's even right now, I'm thinking, shut up, Woody. <laughs> well, we appreciate anybody that chooses to do that because it helps us put this show together, helps us bring more great content to you. It's an exciting time of year for us, but there's lots of travel involved, lots of hard work. Anything you can do to help out, such as joining the Premium Podcast channel or becoming an InGoal member would be greatly appreciated. But I think it's time for us to shut up so we don't give people even more reason to want to find that. I got oh, one no, more thing. Woody can't stop himself. No, no, sorry. Dive I in, can't buddy. stop myself. Um, Darren Millard's back next week and we got a great guest Connor Ingram of the Arizona Coyotes and if you think like again Carson Bjornsson today oh, another huge read the game moment in there there are some awesome tidbits from Connor Ingram yep. in there as well Inclu again things I never thought of me too and we're how many years into this 200 and he's episode 221 Connor Ingram is our feature guest for 221 and I'd never heard of this as a tip before um it's it's just awesome and this is why we do this because we're always trying to learn and goalies like carson like connor are so gracious with their time and their insights to help the rest of the goalie union get better make sure you don't miss next week's after of course you finish listening i guess you have finished listening because you're at this point in the podcast never mind make sure you listen next week our thanks to the hockey shop source for sports langley and to sense arena vr training for goalies and of course, our thanks to you, wherever you're listening. On behalf of Darren Millard, Kevin Woodley, Cam Matwiv, somewhere on a beach, 
I'm David Hutchison wishing you all another great week in goal. 